All right, saints. Let's enjoy quite in hymn. Hymn number one, two, one, two tonight. All right, hymn number 12, 12. Let's enjoy this hymn. It's a wonderful hymn. Unfortunately, there is no music. Uh, someone, nobody gonna sing for us. But I'm sure the tune is familiar to many people and it's easy to catch up. So Etienne gonna play the hymn, the, the tune for us, and hopefully we all sing along with the one present on the screen. Amen. Shown us his plan. Amen. 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 Lord, strengthen thou our inner man, my home in all our hearts. Amen. With thyself in every inward part. Amen. Lord, as the seed of life within, grow more in us each day. My deepest part. Gain us in every way, Lord. Amen. 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 Lord, make us oh, yes, the answer wise. Amen. Today, the Amen. The one who enjoy the peace with all the personal pain. Amen. Amen. Yes, Amen. Lord. Strengthen thou our inner man. Make home in all our heart. Fill Amen. us completely Amen. with thyself. In every one, amen. Our need today is growth in life. Amen. Inward work in dead. Amen. Amen. 
Adrian, sing another verse. You can pick up any verse, Adrian. Okay. Then anyone want to sing? You can just sing. Let's see. Okay. I want to sing verse three. Okay. Amen. You can all enjoy. The virgins are mature in life. They grow so normally. They daily eat and drink the Lord, their Lord, eternally. On it today is cross in life, Christ in what work indeed. Not knowledge, teachings, give no power, but life is all we need. Wonderful. Amen. Come on, Adrian, support me. Pick another verse. <clears throat> Amen. I'll sing stanza one. The Lord of all has shown his plan unto each faithful one who leaves behind the worldly things as virgins for his son. To be his bride, we must match him within and outwardly. To be this one who matches enjoy him constantly. Amen. Wow. Amen. Amen. Anybody want to sing? Amen. Four. Lord, as the seed of life within grow more in us each day, by spreading from our deepest part, gain us in every way. Lord, strengthen thou our inner man, make home in all our heart. Fill us completely with thyself in every inward part. Amen. Amen. Wow, this is good. Amen. Amen. Like visions who so singular, they love the group so much. They in his presence have us be. Lord Jesus, make us such. Lord, make us those who are so as who can do every day. The wise one who enjoys the feast, who all huh? the price will pay. Amen. 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 God as the seed of life within grow more in us each day by spreading from our deepest part gain us in every way Lord strengthen thou our inner man make home in all our 
Fill us completely with thyself in every inward part. Mama, she said no, she must have sent it to the wrong person. Yeah. All right, praise the Lord. Amen. This is a wonderful hymn. This hymn was written in 1960s, okay, maybe 63, and between 63 and 65. Amen. Amen. All right, uh, we're gonna come to enjoy Luke chapter 14 tonight. It is a wonderful chapter that we would like to see. This chapter is a chapter before Luke 15. Let's read the Bible scriptures. And we get into this message. Uh, many Christians, they love Luke 15, the returning of the prodigal son. Okay, this is wonderful. But you must know before Luke 15, there is Luke 14. Let's enjoy the scripture. Then we come together and open the word. Hello. Welcome. Can you hear me? Uh, is not there's a bit of something uh sorry to interrupt you i'm not i'm not sure if it's just me but your audio is coming through very broken up yeah it's the same on my yeah. side brother we cannot yes. uh, hear what you speak okay otherwise i don't can you disconnect and come in again Okay, I can. Is this all right? Let me just start before Adrian comes in. So, I just like to share about all right in chapter 14, verse 1. Is that as he went into the house, one of the ruler of Pharisees encircled the word on on the Sabbath to eat the bread, they were watching at him closely. And behold, there was, a, uh, there was before him a certain man suffering from dropsy. If you see the word dropsy in footnote 2.1, it's a kind of disease that caused the body to swell. And because of the forming of fluid in the captivity is an issue. It's not on the surface, but the, all the tissue, all the tissue inside. That means your hand becomes quite swelling or any part of your body, maybe some legs or ankle, just swelling. This kind of sickness signifies the abnormal inner function of life that causes spiritual death before God. This is uh, reflecting in the matter of worshiping God. You see, they keep Sabbath, and this kind of keeping Sabbath, it's actually, someone suffer from this kind of rituals. And then Luke, he have this record and the Lord came on a Sabbath in order to rescue this victim from dropsy. This kind of endema, that kind of sickness um, is actually is a sign of spiritual dead before God. And Luke, the book of Luke, show us the Lord came to visit us in spite of all our religious miserable condition. He come to bring us out in order to bring us into his jubilee. Saints, chapter 14 is a picture how God came to save us. Amen. Save us from that kind of miserable condition in order to bring us into his jubilee. And verse 3, Jesus answered and spoke to a lawyer and Pharisee saying, it is lawful to heal on Sabbath or not. And they were quiet. They said, "You don't you know Sabbath? You should not break the rule of Sabbath. Don't heal people. Don't do we are busy in keeping Sabbath. But praise the Lord, the Lord came to break the religion, all kind of religious 
regulation. And he took hold of him and he healed him and sent him away. Praise the Lord. He break the religion, regulation in order to free us from all kind of bondage, all kind of law in order to bring us into his jubilee. Amen. Okay, let's come to the second part. Adrian, are you here already? All right. Let's carry on on verse 7. And this verse 7 mentioning another story here. And he told the parable to those who have been invited. When he noticed how they were choosing the place of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not recline in a place of honor. Don't sit as a special seat. Otherwise, someone more honorable than you may have been invited by him. And he who invited you and him come, he will come and say, sir, give this one place. Okay? Then you'll begin with shame to occupy the last place. But when you are invited, go and recline in the last place. Okay. Underline the word last place. So that when the one who has invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, come up higher. Then you will have glory before all those reclining with you. Verse 11, for everyone who exalts himself shall be humble. And he who humbles himself shall be exalted. This is, seems like a parent talking to their children. When you've been invited, uh, don't sit in a high place, but sit in a lower place. What that means? That means this part is referring when the Lord has saved us from that kind of miserable condition, all kind of bondage. On one hand, he was the one who invited us. On the other hand, he needed our cooperation. What caused him to invite us? What caused him to invite us to his wedding feast? In verse 11, for everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled, shall be put to shame. But he who humbles himself shall be exalted. Amen. Underline the word humble. You know, saying, what makes the Lord choose us? What makes us to enjoy the wedding feast of his jubilee, the feast of his gospel? That is through our attitude of being humble. Anyone without humble will never receive God's salvation. The first thing for us to receive his salvation is through our humble. If you thought you can make it, if you thought you have something, if you thought exalt, try to exalting yourself, you will be put to shame. You will miss the invitation of the wedding feast. The Lord, yes, on one hand, he saved us. On the other hand, he want us to cooperate with our humble. That means that don't look yourself more than what you owe to look. And then he shows us, how do you mean humble? Verse 12, and he also, he said also. Now he want to tell you, what do you mean humble? He said also to the one who had invited him. When you make a morning meal or a dinner, do not call your friend or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbor, lest they also invited you in return and it become a repayment to you. Verse 13, but when you give a reception, invite those who are humble, all kinds, the poor, the cripple, the lame, and the blind. Saints, when we want to receive the gospel, 
we have to confess, Lord, we are poor. We have nothing. Become poor in spirit. And cripple, that is, we cannot do anything. Lame, we cannot walk. There's no way for us to go on. And the blind, Lord, we need sight. We need to see the vision. These are the humble ones. Saints, these are the one the Lord bless us. These are the one being invited to the wedding feast. And verse 14, you will be blessed because they do not have anything with which to repay you. For it will be repaid to you in the resurrection of the righteousness. Amen. Underline the word of the righteous. That in resurrection, we will receive the repay, the reward. It's not just resurrection, but resurrection with the reward. Or not just a resurrection. Or, but this is resurrection of the righteous. When we want to do something, don't try. You want to invite someone that you may receive the repay. But we want to invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Those who are willing, who are open. Amen. You know, that verse 14, you will be blessed because they do not have anything to repay you. Saints, hallelujah. There is a resurrection waiting for us. A kind of resurrection called resurrection of the righteous. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Adrian is back. Praise the Lord. He's here now. Adrian, I pass to you. Verse 15. Amen. Sorry, saints. I'm just joining on my phone so we'll see how it goes. So um, I missed what Brother John shared from verse 1 to verse 14. Just a few things that I just appreciate in this section is in verse 1, there is the sovereign arrangement that the Lord can show the disciples something related to his heart's desire, related to saving us from just a mere kind of an outward religious activity. So the disciples might have thought the Lord is going back to Jerusalem, is, is on his way to Jerusalem, and there he's going to keep the Sabbath and all these things. But actually, this sabbatical religion has become something that has replaced God. Instead of bringing God's people to God, eventually what happened is this, this kind of a, a outward religious activity um, became something that became a barrier for God's people to come to God himself. And so the Lord, it says in verse 1, the rulers, they were watching him closely. So they were watching the Lord in order to kind of catch him out, to, to, to find fault with him. What's he going to do? And so, I mean, it doesn't say whether this man with dropsy was was uh, invited by the Pharisees, maybe because they, they wanted to test the Lord, or maybe he just walked in. But in any case, the Lord used this sovereignly arranged by God, this situation, so that he could show the disciples that he has come even to do away with, to, to replace the Lord and replace it with himself. This is what God desires to do. He desires to to bring us to himself. And so then the Lord goes on and he heals this man and he asks them, you know, what do you say? Is it lawful? You know, what, what do you say? But eventually they're not able to respond in any way. Okay. And now the Lord begins to show them uh, this matter of being invited. Okay. Okay. So now from verse 15, now, now one of them, one of those reclining at table with him, hearing these things, said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Okay. So then the Lord responds. He said, a certain man was making a great dinner and invited many. Okay. 
And he sent his slave at the dinner hour to say to those who had been invited, Come, for all things are now ready. Uh, and then, one by one, they begin to make excuses. They just begin to say, Sorry, Lord, we have, we have things we're busy with. We have some riches, some endeavors that we are in, some things that we are uh, endeavoring uh, to, to enter into. Okay, I see my computer is joining again. I'm just going to see if it works to join on it. Just give me a second. Sorry, saints. Okay, I hope you can all hear me. Amen. Okay, so the Lord is wanting to bring them and save them from religion. Okay, he's wanting to actually bring them to himself. Okay, so now he shows them this. He tells them this parable of this wedding feast. Now, this wedding feast, oh, it's not a wedding feast. Sorry. It's just a feast, a great dinner, okay? This, we need to be clear. The wedding feast is in Matthew related to the matter of the kingdom, okay? But this great dinner that the Lord is speaking of here, he's speaking of the matter of our salvation. And actually in this parable, the Lord is giving us a very good picture of how to be saved and, and what it means to be saved and what is required to be saved, okay? So the Lord is coming to the Jews. He is inviting them to this great dinner. And this great dinner is the Jubilee. It's the, it's the enjoyment of Christ in this age. It's, it's our salvation. Okay. So all of them uh, have these excuses. They're just busy with some other endeavors. Okay. Uh, they, they're uh, busy uh, with with um uh with land with oxen with marriage okay so the slave comes he reported this the, the master of the household he becomes angry tells the slave go out quickly into the streets and lanes in the city and bring in here the poor and cripple and blind and lame okay here we see the same kind of people <laughs> that we saw in uh uh where was that uh, uh verse 13 so again, we see the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, those of a kind of a lower class, okay? The Lord is sending out into the street. Go find this, the, the, maybe let's say the street people. He, he is inviting those that are in this kind of a condition that is in desperate need for the Lord's salvation. Oh, Jesus, thank you. You came to the streets. There were the Gentiles. Were. He's, this happened during the time of the apostles when the Lord began to send out the apostles and he just began to send them out among the Gentiles because the Jews had rejected the Lord. They were too busy for him. They were too busy and occupied with their own things. Okay. Then he says, and the slave said, said, master, what we have command, what you have commanded has been done. And still there is room. And the master said to the slave, go out into the roads and hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled for i tell you that none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner okay so the the way to receive salvation brothers and sisters it's actually so easy the lord comes and he invites us to a great dinner what what do we have to do in order to be saved we have to receive his invitation. We have to receive the Lord Jesus as our Savior. If we are those who receive Christ as our Savior, as our, um, as our, uh, as our great dinner, then just by believing, we will be saved. Okay. We, we don't, there is no requirement on us. We don't have to keep any kind of regulations. We don't have to keep any kind of a law. We simply believe in the Lord Jesus. And then we will be those who can enjoy this great dinner with the Lord. Okay. So this shows us, this is a very good parable showing us how we can receive salvation. But then in verse 25, the Lord goes on and he says, 
And there were great crowds going along with him. And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and moreover, even his own soul life, he cannot be my disciple. So, in here's a bit of a different kind of atmosphere. The, the tune with which the Lord is speaking now has changed. Okay. And the reason for that is that, brothers and sisters, we have to realize that God's economy begins with salvation. Okay. But salvation is not the only thing in God's economy. It's not, we don't end with simply coming to the great dinner, to this great, what does he call it? The great dinner. Being invited to this great dinner is, is the beginning of our Christian life. It's the way that we, that we begin. But this is not the complete revelation of what God has for us. So there are uh, actually in this in this section in, in, in chapter 14, we see two stages of the Jubilee. Now we have seen that the Jubilee is Christ coming to set us free. The whole book of Luke is governed by the Jubilee. It's Christ coming to release the captives, to release us from bondage. And secondly, so firstly, we're released. And secondly, we are brought to a feast. We are brought back to our inheritance. We're brought back to our land, our allotment, and our rightful position to enjoy, partake of, participate in the riches of the land. So the first thing is that we are released from our sin, from the oppression of Satan, from uh, all the demons and all the negative things. So this is our release. And then on the positive side, we've been brought into the enjoyment. We now have the position to enjoy God. Okay. But there is a second stage of the Jubilee. And this is what the Lord goes on to speak of from verse 25 to 35 in Luke 14. And this is the matter of our enjoyment of the Jubilee as a reward. So, brothers and sisters, many, many dear Christians, they emphasize the matter of our salvation and God's uh, saving us through grace, not by any works. But very few ever speak about the matter of the the reward which God has in his wisdom have before has a, as a reward the jubilee the enjoyment of the jubilee for those who are faithful in this age those who are faithful in this age they will receive the reward of enjoying their portion of the jubilee in the next age so the first stage of the Jubilee is our matter of salvation, putting us in the position to enjoy the Lord. Our participating in the Jubilee in the second stage as our enjoyment has to do with how faithful we are in the matter of our enjoyment of Christ, our enjoyment of the Jubilee in the first stage. So our enjoyment of Christ and the Jubilee in the first stage will determine whether we will be those who enjoy the Lord in the second stage, in the millennial kingdom. For a thousand years, we will either be those who are enjoying the Lord, we will be those who are enjoying our uh, Jubilee Jesus, or we will be in a place of um, weeping of gnashing of teeth the third stage which luke doesn't the lord doesn't open up to us in this section but the third stage of the jubilee is the new jerusalem it's the new heaven and new earth which we will all enjoy for eternity future praise the lord 
So there are these three stages of our enjoyment of the Jubilee. Now, brothers and sisters, our enjoyment of the Lord in this age, uh, like I said, will determine whether we will enjoy the Lord in the second stage, in, in, the, in, the, in the millennial kingdom. Uh, in 2 Corinthians, Paul speaks about salvation. He, met, he mentions it in chapter 6, but in verse five, in chapter 5, I just want to read you two verses and then two verses, the first two verses in chapter 6. So 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, Paul says, On behalf of Christ, then we are ambassadors. As God entreats you through us, we beseech you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Now, brothers and sisters, this was written to believers. This was written to the church in Corinth after they had received the first epistle. Okay, so what, what Paul is doing here is these believers in Corinth, they had received Christ as their salvation, but then they got distracted from the enjoyment of Christ. And so Paul, he had a very strong word in 1 Corinthians to bring them back to the enjoyment of Christ. And now in 2 Corinthians, he begins to minister this Christ to them. He begins to speak even of their experience of the Lord, and he wants to bring these distracted believers into the experience and enjoyment of the Lord. Okay, so he's, 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 he's speaking of a further reconciliation. This reconciliation here is not our reconciliation that the Lord referred to in, the, in verses 15 to 24 of Luke 14, where he says, receive the invitation. But this reconciliation is a further reconciliation where we are being brought fully into God, where we are, uh, Paul is wanting us to be brought little by little, day by day, closer into this union with the Lord, where we begin to walk with the Lord, where we have a living with the Lord, in oneness with the Lord. Okay, then he says, him who did not know sin, he made sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Then chapter 6, verse 1. And working together with him, we also entreat you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time I listened to you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is the well-acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So, brothers and sisters, we shouldn't hold on to a superficial view of our salvation, thinking that salvation is merely something that happened somewhere in the past where I believed in the Lord Jesus, I received him as my savior, and now I'm not going to be condemned and I have an open way to go to heaven one day. No, the Lord, he wants to save us in a complete way. And that full salvation, the Lord mentions what he mentions in Luke 14 is he mentions a price. That, that full salvation comes at a price. There is no price to be paid to receive the invitation, to come to this position, the rightful place to enjoy the Lord. It means no price to be paid at all. But in order to receive our, uh, the, 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 the jubilee that we enjoy in this first stage, when we, uh, when we receive this invitation to come to this wedding feast, is a foretaste. It's a kind of a foretaste that God gives us to give us a little bit of a, a taste of what is to come. But the Lord knows that we as humans are so fickle and we need an incentive to keep us running this race. In uh, 2 Timothy, we see a, a negative example where Paul is speaking about a brother called Demas who's been running with him, who was laboring with him, who were traveling with him. Uh, if you read his other epistles, you see he even makes mention of brother Demas. Demas greets you. So this brother was definitely uh, a co-worker of Paul. But listen to what Paul says in verse 9 and 10 of 2 Timothy chapter 4. To Timothy, speaking to Timothy, and he says, Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has abandoned me, having loved the present age. Brothers and sisters, we have to be clear 
that there is a reward that God has given, that God has prepared, that God has put aside for those who are faithful in enjoying him. We have the right, we have the position to enjoy the Lord. But if we are those like Demas, who take another way, having loved the present age, unfortunately, we will not participate in the reward. I've been considering um, the Lord's word here and even my own experience. And I, I, I was quite helped uh, recently. A, a, a younger brother, a student brother, he shared with me often, he thinks, if I was not here with the saints tonight, what would I be doing? Brothers and sisters, what a salvation that we can be together, that we have others to pursue with us, that we can even, like on a Thursday evening, I don't know what many others are doing. What, what, what are people doing in the world today? But we are here because we love the Lord and we want to pursue him as our bridegroom. And we're willing to, it is a price to pay. It's a price to pay for us to be here. But brothers and sisters, isn't it an, an enjoyment? Isn't it, isn't it something that satisfies us with something much richer and, and more precious? And Brother John mentioned this matter of being uh, humble. The poor, the poor, they are the ones who, 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 who should be invited. They are the ones who, who, uh, who are the ones who receive the invitation. It's those who are, who are hungry for the Lord, who are in a, in a kind of a not so, well, I don't know if maybe I don't have many oxen. Maybe I don't have a, have a, have a piece of land. Maybe I don't own much. But Lord, I want to hear the invitation. I want to come to the enjoyment. Lord, I'm not going to pursue those things, even with others. But Lord, thank you. I have some whom I can pursue you with, even right now, even tonight. We have some that we can run with, that we can pursue you with, that we can go on with, that we can uh, enjoy you with. Just like Noah and his family. I don't know how much his sons received of the revelation of the vision of the ark and, and of, of God's, of what was coming. But yet they labored with their father and they entered into the ark with him. They were together. And so that became a protection to them. Just like the church life is our ark today. It's our, it's our covering against this, this tide that wants to sweep us away. So brothers and sisters, amen. May we be those who are faithful to enjoy our portion of the jubilee, our portion of the good land. Amen. Okay, Brother John, you can carry on, brother. Amen. Thank you, Brother This is so good to see the picture in Luke 14. Again, I would like to say, before I love Luke 15, how the shepherd, the woman, and the receiving father, the working of the triune God to bring us into his salvation, the real enjoyment of the Jubilee. But without Luke 14, there will be no Luke 15. Uh, write it in your Bible okay, that triune God is looking for a man to cooperate with him in Luke 14 before he moves in Luke 15. Is that wonderful? Luke 14, he is looking for man to cooperate with him in order for him to move. If there is no rail, locomotive cannot move. And Luke 14 is the railway in order to let locomotive move in chapter 15. <clears throat> I hope afterward, okay, everybody, we have 28 people here, okay, at least. Okay, everybody, you can pick one word that what you love in this chapter. Okay. Are, you, are you ready? Pick one word from this chapter, then we can share to everybody, okay, especially in your group. Just tell one, just one word, okay? Just one word. 
you get many words here, many words to pick. Well, Adrian mentioned about how this chapter 14, verse 15, all the way to 24, talking about how certain men are making a great dinner. Of course, that dinner is the salvation. And then he sent out people to invite people to come to his great dinner. And there are three kinds of invitation. The first invitation are the invitation to the Jews. That's the first invitation. The Lord came to invite them. That is verse 18, 19, and 20. And they with all kinds of excuses. You know what is Jews? Are not, not only referring to those people in Palestine. Um, these Jews are the ones who are belong to the church. They belong the, the one who in the church life. But now the Lord asked them to go and invite people. And there are many excuses. One say we bought the land, one say we have we bought the ox, one say we have the wives. And, and they cannot meet the Lord's name. The first invitation to the Jews, they have the money, the land, the ox, and the wives. They have got many things to occupy them. They cannot answer the invitation. Then the Lord go on for second stage of invitation. That is verse 21. And the slave came upon, then the slave came up and reported this to the master. Then the master said, he became angry and told the slave, go out and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. These are the Gentiles. The first one are the Jews. The second one, the second invitation are the Gentiles. They are the one who poor. Am I right? Look, today Jews, they are rich. They get a money. They fight for the land. They are busy with all the ox, all the industrial, all the <laughs> technology, all the ox, oxen. And they are busy with their lives, with their wife. They have no heart to be invited for the great dinner. You know, dinner is a meal on the night time before the Lord come back. Since the Lord prepared a dinner before he come back, we are in the night time of the day. And second group is the invitation was spread to the Gentiles. We are the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Praise the Lord, we came in. And then that's the second stage of invitation. And third stage of invitation, that is what enlightened me. I thought only to say the Jews and the Gentile. Okay. Now, read in the Bible, the third stage of the invitation is verse 23. And the master said to the slave, okay, because the slave said, there is still room, there's still some more room. Okay. So the master said to the slave in verse 23, go out into the roads and hedges <laughs> and compel. Box the word compel. Now that some people, they're lost on the road. They're on a crossing. They don't know where to go. Some has been stranded by the hedges. By the hedge. They've been stranded by the hedge. And the Lord said, now bring them, compel them, pull them. That means pay some effort. These are the one the Lord today is taking this step, the step, the third step of invitation. The, the inviting ones, you must take some effort, go to the road, and not only to get some um, blind, to, to bring some crippled one, but now we want to go to the road, those who are busy in their life, those who are getting stranded in their life and compel them to come so that my house may be filled. Amen. Verse 24, I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. Those, in verse 24, those who were occupied, except those who repent. Those who were occupied, 
those who have the money, the land, the ox, and the wife, they shall, they will not, none of this one will be the taste of my dinner. They have been occupied. They will not enjoy the dinner I prepared. And verse 25, and there were great crowd. Circle the word crowd. Now the Lord invited many people. Now great crowd going along with him. And he turned and said to them, Lord, <laughs> while he invite people, people come and he turned and say, no, not just salvation. If anyone comes to me, and circle the word me, that me is jubilee. You want to come to enjoy jubilee. Not just come to the great dinner. Does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters. And moreover, even his own soul life. He cannot be my disciples. There is a difference. And circle the word disciples. There is a difference between the crowd and the disciples. No. <clears throat> the invitation brought in the crowd. The great crowds just come in. But the Lord said, what I need is not just the great crowds. I need disciples. The soul, God's economy is not just the salvation. No. In salvation, there's an insertion to the faithful ones. These faithful ones, they will be the one faithful to the Lord. These are the disciples. There is a portion of incentive prepared for the faithful ones. On one hand, he invited us to, to the great dinner. On the other hand, he said, you cannot be my disciples if you cannot hate your own father or mother. Write it in a note. He did not say, cast out your parents. He did not say, cast out your father and mother. But he said, if this is a channel to live all your love, then you have to hate the frustration. The Lord did not teach us to hate our parents, but he teaches us to hate the frustration that keep us from following the Lord faithfully. Saints, we need to know. Yes, we love our father, mother, our children, brothers and sisters. But if this love frustrates us, we need to hate that kind of frustration. Um, all the love that you have for these things, to him, this is absolutely unnecessary. It becomes a frustration. You have to let the thing go. Don't let this thing frustrate your love toward the Lord. It's just so enlightened. And he teaches us. This is the way by uh, verse 27. Whoever does not carry his own cross, come after me, cannot be my disciples. Saints, we can be his crowds, but we cannot be his disciples. He is looking where are the disciples. And from verse 28 to 35, the Lord used three examples to explain how to carry your own cross. How to carry your own cross. Then he make an example before I never understand what that means. Verse 28. Praise the Lord. I love this Bible study. On one hand, I prepare. On the other hand, I enjoy. Many things are enlightened here. For which of you wanting to build a tower? does not first sit down and calculate the cost, whether he is enough to complete it. Otherwise, perhaps, once he had laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all those looking on will begin to mock him, 
30 saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. That's the first example. Um, this one to build, but he cannot finish it. So he just built a foundation. And the second example is 31. Or what a king, okay? what king, what kind of king going to engage another king in war to go to fight. We will not first sit down and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet the one coming against him with 20,000. 32, otherwise, while he is yet at a distance, he sends an envoy and asks for the terms of peace. Do you know what is this? <laughs> uh, you want to fight? Um, you calculate your kings, your, your, your army. If you cannot make it, don't fight. The answer is here. In the same way, that's the key verse here. Therefore, anyone of you who does not forsake all his own possessions cannot be my disciples. Highlight the word all. All these stories is talking about you want to build? No, that means do you prepare to build? Um, you want to fight? Do you prepare to fight? Um, the, okay, if possible, write it in your Bible. It's not a question of sufficient or not, but it is a question of giving all. Are you giving all or not? You want to build the house. If you have, if you have the money, but you're not going to put all your money in to build the house, and then you just, okay, uh, I cannot pour everything for, for this building. Okay, they just start a foundation, that's enough. Okay. So you have a foundation. You want to fight? No. You have 20,000, but you only prepare to go for 10,000. Not all. You cannot win the victory. It's not a matter of sufficient. It's a matter of are you holding back or not? The moment you're holding something, then it becomes a failure. The Lord Jesus is a holding something for the sake of your family. You're holding something for the sake of the world. You cannot fight. In verse 31, will not First, sit down and deliberate whether he's able. Are you able? Are you considered you know, to put all for fighting? You know, if you keep back 10,000, then you're not going to win. The Lord is looking for disciples. This is the cross. Would you able um, to give up your ox, your land, your wife? It is a matter of what you have done. It is not a matter of what you have done. But have you placed everything on the altar? This is what the Lord calling to bear your cross. Did you put everything on the cross? Or you just give something, what do you say, uh, the leftover. <laughs> no. If you just put the leftover and send it to fight, you're going to lose. You hold back everything. You just put the leftover to fight. Well, um, I'm so impressed with two verses here. And that is... Um, Judge chapter 5, verse 15. I love this verse. The book of Judge, verse 
chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. He said, in the tribe of Reuben, there were great resolution in heart. And then verse 16, in the tribe of Reuben, there were great searching of heart. You know, do you understand this verse? No. Reuben was the one who lost all the birthright. He lost everything. But here, in spite they lost everything, he did not give up. He is then he was the one who not qualified. Yet, yet in the tribe of the Reuben, in him is a great resolution. That is the label of our whole life. Then verse 16, in the tribe of Reuben. He did not say in the tribe of Judah or in the tribe of Dan. Dan is also quite capable. But here in the tribe of Reuben, they are the one that qualified. But within him, he has a great resolution. He has a great searching of heart. Amen. The Lord is calling people here. You want to be my disciples? And verse 33, he gives you the key. In the same way, therefore, every one of you who does not forsake all his own possession cannot be my disciples. Did you see the eagerness, the craving? God wants someone to cooperate with him, to be his disciples in order for him to carry out his salvation in Luke 15. In Luke 14, he came to rescue that one who are in that kind of sickness of dropsy and heal him or heal her and in order to bring us into the jubilee and then he prepared the wedding piece so that the humble one can come in then he start these three stages of invitation First, he invited the Jews, then the Gentiles, then he compelled. When the crowd came, then when the crowd came, then he said, you want to follow me? You must hate all kind of frustration. Because when you follow me, there's a lot of frustration. You have to hate those frustration in order to be my disciples. And verse 27, he who does not carry your own cross, that means put all the frustration on the cross. All of them must be crossed out in order to follow me. And here it is mentioned that we have to send out all our resources to fight. You surely will win the victory. God wants us to give all our resources Love the Lord your God with all that you have, not the leftover. Many today who come to the church life, praise the Lord. I can join if I get some leftover time. But the Lord looking for the disciples. And verse 34, he shows us the secret, the way. Therefore, salt is good. But even if even the soul becomes tasteless, that is the taste of separation, the taste of distinction. If the soul, no distinction, um, cannot separate us from holy, we are the salt of the earth. That means we separate from the world. With what will its saltiness be restored? And if the soul is no saltiness, that is no taste, no taste of sanctification, no taste of holiness, no taste of separation. If we live a life, no separate, no distinct from the worldly people, that means we are the salt with no salty. And verse 35, this kind of salt is not fit for the land, which typify for God's kingdom, 
No, there's no saltiness. Even not fit for the manual pile or the downhill, which is referring to the lake of fire, because we are saved. We are not fit for the kingdom and not fit for the hell, for the lake of fire. Where are we going to fit? So the Lord prepared another place, the third place, and then they will throw it out. Did you see? There are three places. One is called the land, which is the kingdom. One is called the manure pile, which is the lake of fire. And then the third place is a place called out. And then that is to be put aside for discipline. Amen. Verse 35, the last phrase, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. How about that? Wonderful chapter in verse 14. I hope everybody pick up one word. Pick up one word and share to one another in the group. And we can enjoy from one another. Make sure at least you have one word to share for others. Amen. May the Lord prepare some of us that we are here for the next week. Uh, it's a wonderful chapter of God's salvation. Because of 14, we're going to enter into 15. Let's break into groups.